Welcome to the Abundant Living Latina podcast, where health, wellness, and personal development matters. Introducing your faith and fitness enthusiast, Libby, and your favorite wellness mentor, Priscilla. Hello, welcome back, beautiful people. I'm your girl, Libby, and Priscilla. Say what's up, Good Priscilla. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Priscilla. Good morning. It's very early for Priscilla right now. I feel bad. So on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest near and dear to my heart. And you guys are just going to love her because she's awesome. She's like the best. Um, So I want to introduce one of my good time solid people. I mean, she's solid like a rock, baby. <laughs> I'm introducing my girl, Pastor Tasha. Hi, guys. Yes, I have been... Um on this, this uh, journey and, and getting married and the Lord introduced my ministry as, you know, Pastor Trevino. And I got married and everyone knew me as Pastor Trevino. So now, you know, that I'm married, I, I love that I have like this extended name. So um, my husband, I, I love that we've added on to my name. So it's just kind of fun for people who introduce me. <laughs> yeah. So it's Pastor Trevino Elamine. I like but, the way that sounds when you say it. <laughs> I like Trevino Elamina. It just is a little spicy in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's very blended. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but you, I just really go by Pastor Tasha or the new thing, PYT for PT. And then someone threw a Y in there because they were calling me PT for a while. So mm -hmm. they were like, throw a wine there, pretty young thing. And I was like, okay, we can do that. <laughs> we can do that. I'm passing for the culture. So I, I see that. Oh, wow. I love it. But thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I've been waiting all week for this, Priscilla and Libby both. I'm just, I think it's amazing what you're doing to do God's work, but to do it in a way that's going to reach people that are, you know, in our demographic. And it's important for us to be able to get the word out in a way that, you know, reaches the masses. And, and this is a great way to do that and for the voice to be heard. So congratulations. And I'm super honored to be here. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, I, the podcast for me is, uh, yes, reaching the masses, but reaching them where they're at. We are all different. Um, even though, you know, we're two Latinas, we came up in the Spanish culture. Mm -hmm. um, and we do want to reach that Spanish demographic, the Latinos that need to hear yeah. Um, you know, guidance, wisdom, you know, things that we've learned throughout the ages as growing up here in the, in America. Right. Um, and being women of faith. Uh, so for me, it is meeting people where they're at. And when I met you, Tasha, you were different than what I was used to. I mean, I was searching, I was searching for different, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I seen that you were very relevant that you are a woman that I could see myself, a little bit of myself in, that um, I could approach you. Like it, you were approachable. So um, tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you started and what's going on yeah. with you. Well, I love that you, you said that, that you could see a little bit of yourself in me because I like to say that it's really not, Yes, I, and I'm half Hispanic. My mom's Mexican, first generation Mexican American. My dad's African American, and I feel like you know, por mi gente, it it starts off that way. You know, in college, you're representing both cultures, and you're you're underrepresented at the collegiate level, and you're like, there's no Latinos, there's no African Americans. I feel like I'm by myself, or you find each other and you link up. And like, I was a part of the Latino Student Union. Like, we really had this 
you know, mi banda, like it was important to band together and, and be proud of our roots. But then I think you transition a little bit when you're in faith and you realize we're kingdom. And while you still have to represent la cultura, you still have that, the same spirit in you. So when you say you recognize some of yourself, I think what we recognize is the spirit of Christ. And I think the Lord allows for us to have our identification through him. But then outwardly, it's like, but they look like me, but they sound like me, but they they have the same understanding of what it means to, you know, make them all at Christmas with your family and that association. I think that's like the hooks. I always say God's like the best fisherman. He knows how to throw different hooks out into the water for people to collectively come together. And I may not be the best you know, hook for someone else that can't relate. But that's why God's so dope that he can bring us together and find these common points for us to, you know, be like, you know what, I can approach her. And and I love that. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, I started ministry over 10 years ago. Um, but it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm starting ministry. It was like, I'm throwing up, Lord. What do you mean <laughs> you want me to be in ministry? What do you mean you want me to do this? I don't have any pastors in my family. I don't know any, I wasn't raised in church. My mom was like raised up Catholic and then she got saved in a Pentecostal church at 15 and she um, was really on fire for the Lord. And then she was married and divorced and she met my dad and my dad was not really raised in faith like that. So, you know, a biracial family, we didn't really go to church. All I knew from a young age, a young age was Jesus loves you. That's what my mom really embedded in me. Jesus loves you. And she claims that before I could talk, I was going around praying for people and I would sing Jesus loves you and I would talk to people about Jesus at a very young age. In fact, one time she tried to drop me off at my grandmother's house and I didn't want to stay or I was like ready to go or something. And she was my grandmother was like, Tasha, if you don't stay with me, I'm going to be alone. And I legit was like three. And my mom said, I never told you this. she goes. And you looked at her and said, you're never alone. Jesus is with you. So like I say, my ministry started 10 years ago, but really I think when you're chosen or you're anointed for something, it starts long before we agree with it. So mm -hmm. when I agreed with, okay, this is what I'm going to do full-time Lord, I say throwing up and I say, you know, nervous. And I say, because it was like, well, I had an idea of what I was going to do in life, but through pain, through suffering, through, through trials, through having to lean on him and go through things it was like very clear that i didn't want to do anything in my life apart from serving him and you you do get this nervousness initially because you're like how can i do anything when you know how great the lord is you're like what am i gonna do i'm just like hey it's me i'm like and you know and so the journey and walking with the lord is really just about surrender and trusting his power and letting it rest on you and your weakness while you're boasting of that weakness so that's kind of how it started, you know, for me was trusting in him um, and knowing that when I took his hand, I was going to be just on the ride for my life. Like, and it was never about platform. We didn't have TikTok and things back then. It was like going to meet people, you know, going to meet them where they're at, you know, taking meals to the sick and the elderly, you know, really doing the things that the Lord's called us to do. Now it's kind of fun that we can do this kind of thing. But it was ministering and trying to pray for the sick and the, you know, the people who really needed it, who were hopeless. So, I mean, there's a lot of other ways that I feel like this journey started for me. Um, I will say the crux and the pivotal point of my life is when I was married, my ex-husband, I'm divorced and he was in the NFL mm -hmm. and I was 24 years old. I got saved at 21 in college. And um, 
the anointing just fell on me. And I remember feeling like in this world of like superstardom and fame and like it just didn't resonate with me. And I didn't frequent church. Like I just knew in the spirit, like this is idol worship. And then the pain and the drama and the things that I went through as a woman um, married to this larger than life, you know, um, player. And he won the Super Bowl. I mean, and the cheating and the abuse and the things you go through. That's when I feel like my faith was really tested where I got to know the Lord personally, where he spared me. I was is suicidal and like just trying to take care of my kids and in seminary for my master's of divinity. And I remember feeling hopeless, like, Lord, I can't do this. I'm so brokenhearted. And, you know, he picked me off the, up off the floor and he said, you are going to live. And not only are you going to live, but you're going to bring my children along with you. And I think that there is something to say about being in the pit and knowing the Lord for yourself and realizing at that moment, all right, this is what it is. And that's when my ministry really was birthed. And it started with women, healing women, helping women with breaking free from, you know, bondage and Satan's plots and schemes against them. And then it ended up evolving over 10 years from women to everyone and then specifically millennials and now Gen Z. And so I think that you become more seasoned in your walk with Christ and who you can reach. Again, back to what you're talking about relatability. But then it's kind of like God makes you uncomfortable a little bit. And it's like, no, I'm going to throw you over here and we're going to see how I operate through you and in a crowd that maybe is not familiar. And so I'm really gracious to him that he's entrusted me because I have seen a lot of people from different walks and to see his healing and his grace and his love and his redemption like that for people. I mean, what else can you ask for? Like, Forget remember me, Lord. It's just like you're still choosing me every day with my with my sin, with my flaw, you know, and you still choose me and you still call me yours and you still say that I'm worthy to serve and cast out devils in your name and to preach the gospel to all nations and to be a prophet and to be able to, you know, this is the things that I think that people need to understand when you're walking with Christ. It's not a cakewalk. It's a demotion in the flesh for sure, because we're supposed to die to flesh, right? And it's a promotion in the kingdom. But a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I just need that promotion here, though, on earth. And it's like, no, you got to die, man. Every day you got to die to self. So I've heard that once. There's a saying. I don't know if you've ever heard that, Priscilla, um, because we're, our, our key word in our podcast is abundance, right? And Ooh, I love that. Priscilla, isn't this the year of abundance? Did you say that? Yeah, yeah. Our thing is abundance. Um just so people or women could grow in who they are, not necessarily one platform or another, just just yeah. to be a better version of themselves. I love yeah. that. So uh, realizing who you are in Christ and um, uh, one big thing for me is identity, like fi- figuring out that, like your purpose, right? Will you find your purpose when you find your identity and who you were created to be? So um I, I can see your story. Like it, it, you went from abundance, right? Having this, plat- well, you had a different platform. You were an, what was it? NBA wife or two? Oh, NFL, right? Mm-hmm. NFL wife. Yep. So you had this bigger than life platform where the enemy could have had you. The mm-hmm. people that took in you and away from God's purpose and who you were created to be. But it it always amazes me when I hear your story because how God literally took you and basically like a Job story, right? Stripped you, stripped you, and you were at the pit. But then said, if for us, like believers in faith, like I've heard this before, like 
your um in in the physical in the with the sight right it looks yeah. like you're losing it looks like right. you you've come down a notch yeah. but in 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 your heart and in the spirit like god is promoting you he's elevating you he's bringing oh. you up so for me abundance it was like okay yes um you we want to have like the luxury items, like the things, like it's normal for us to want more for our lives. But I, I, as I grow and as I learn in faith and, and in my walk with God, like I see that sometimes it's not what it always looks like. Sometimes yeah. promotion can be different. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent. And I think for me, when you value the Lord or you have a foundation in Christ, he keeps you because those things can't compare. So my identity in Christ, even though I had just been saved and there was like, it was all about service still. Mm -hmm. It was about giving. It was like, who can I help, you know, um, with our affluence, with our finances? And um, I think that's kind of where God kept me because I could have very well easily been like, oh, I want to navigate this life or I want to live like, you know, I, this is important. And for me, it was more like, Serving God's important. Preserving my marriage is important. Living for Christ is important. So if this world is bringing my my ex-husband then to the strip clubs or he's doing the things that are dismantling the union and what represents our covenant with the Lord, I want nothing to do with it. So you have to get soul sold out in Christ that it's like, I'm not going to sell my, sell my soul for this because I know that this is fleeting. And, you know, it's, I always tell the story about how when I decided to leave and I was going to, the Lord was releasing me, you know, my ex-husband, he played in the Super Bowl and then he had training camp the next summer and he, you know, was, I'm done with the cheating. I'm done with those kinds of things. And then, and something else happened. And I remember he, we were in the hotel. He was getting ready to go to training camp practice. Now, mind you, he was special teams captain and he started. So it's not like he was just on the bench in the Super Bowl. And he um, was preparing for this great comeback and year two as a Super Bowl champion. And we were in the hotel room and I told him, listen, you're either going to serve God first and then your family and then this career and be done with the women and the cheating or whatever, or I'm done. And I had to make a de declaration that day. It was not about me as a woman wanting to preserve a husband. It was about saying I will no longer tolerate this because at this point it's out of alignment with God and myself, and I'm going to honor him, even if it means I have to put you on the altar and walk away. Um, me and God will be over here, but you do whatever you need to do. And he said, I choose the NFL. Mm -hmm. I got I got my stuff. I got my three-year-old in the car. We are driving back to Michigan. I got about to Chicago um, from Green Bay. And he called me and said, you got to come back and pick me up. And I was like, pick you up. He said, they cut me. Should have wow. never been done. The power and the authority of Christ Jesus. And when I tell you, it took years for him to recover from that fall from grace. Me took one night on the bathroom floor with the Lord, which is what I wanted. I wanted the Lord. So to me, the promotion I received in the spirit empowered me instantly. And it's funny when you talk about abundance, I remember asking the Lord, how can I compare to this world? Here mm -hmm. he's a Super Bowl champion. I'm starting from scratch. I have two babies. I'm in seminary. Who's going to like, what am I like at that point? broken mind that broken mind and you're like trying to like believe in yourself and who God's called you to be I always say right don't despise small beginnings the harvest is eminent because at the time I didn't know who I was going to affect I didn't know who was going to listen to me but the word says that the Lord says he'll he'll draw all men unto him 
And so I always gave the Lord the glory from day one. And recently I did a, a, a conference and the Lord had brought this to my, remember it's 10 years later. He said, you remember when you were on the bathroom floor and I was rising you up and I said, I was never going to let you get that low that he allowed the enemy to take me that low because he was going to show the world how he would bring me up without the NFL, without that status. I never even talked about the NFL till recently. So for 10 years, that wasn't my story to like bring me up like on a platform. And he said, remember when you're on the bathroom floor and you were like, how can I reach anybody or how can I compare to this career of his? Um, he said, I want you to Google how many people were at the Super Bowl in Texas, in Dallas that year that your, hus your ex-husband played. And it was like 132,419. Don't quote me, but it's like close to that. And he was like, since then, in the last 10 years, you have spoken and reached for me in my kingdom through me four times that many people. So imagine that many people in, a, in the Super Bowl stadium. So like when I tell you, when you said go from the pit to the palace, it is not me, but the Lord that would allow for me to reach that. And it's not like to say we care about numbers because we'll reach one and that's the, the kingdom will be so happy over one sinner saved to the 99 righteous, right? But mm -hmm. it puts it in perspective. A broken wife going through regular stuff that we all go through as women and then the Lord would like, not allow me to take my life, dust me off, shake me off, and use me and my testimony to help bring other people to the Lord and do way more than the NFL could have ever did for my platform, you know? And I think that's the magnitude of God. And that's what, Priscilla, what you were talking about with real abundances and becoming a better version of yourself. And that's what we have to just keep doing. Lord, just keep refining me just so I can reach more people based on your will. Okay. So... Uh, for women or anyone that's listening to this and they're um, trying to find out their identity and maybe they're not a believer. Some to, we're here to uh, speak to the masses, right? So Unchurched, that's, all, that's, that's my lane. Don't send me some <laughs> church folks. Send me some people who might be up on the street corner like, I was scared, what's up? Let me talk to you. <laughs> street <laughs> ministry. <laughs> you can find me at the taco truck. How about that? <laughs> Amen. Tacos with Jesus, two in the morning. Let me sober you up real quick. Have you heard about the good news? Because let me tell you about what my father did for me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> what could you like, after all these years and growing and being where you're at in life right now, what could you give a person that might be broken right now or is trying to like start over again? Like, what can you let them know that how can they start? Because the having a relationship with Christ, it's a journey. Sometimes you're just not there. You tried everything else. You tried everything else. You you tried drinking. You tried relationships. You tried sex. You tried overeating. You tried self-harm you tried you know um depriving your body being anorexic anorexia all of these are spirits all these things are demonic they're sent from hell to destroy you you've given way to the enemy to do all of these things in your life and you have not had any ounce of hope you have not felt comfort you have not felt healing you're still searching try jesus mm. i challenge you to allow for the power of the living God to come into your life and affect you in a way that takes your breath away. It's not like heroin. It's not like drinking with your girls on a Sunday night. I want to paint a picture for the ladies out there. And I know all of you are going to be able to relate. How many times have you gone out to the club with your girls? You get dressed cute. Oh my gosh, I'm posting to my story. I want, I want 
insert whatever guy isn't calling you or behaving right or whatever, or he's triangulating you because he may be a narcissist with other women. And you're like, girl, we're going out. We're going to get cute. I'm going to really make myself look all dolled up and I'm going to make sure I post my story. So he sees what he's missing. And you're like drinking and you know, you're like, don't get it twisted. There's nothing wrong with consuming alcohol within reason. Everything. The Bible is very clear. Eat, drink, be merry. They drink wine. We're not supposed to be belligerent. We're not supposed to be drunk. So I'm not knocking in a responsible way in Spain, they drink wine with dinner. So I think we're beyond that, right? That's that gets into religion. We're, we're more mature than that in faith. But when you're sitting there and you're, you're drinking and then you're allowing for these spirits to come into you because that's what it is, a spirit and you're drinking, you're drinking. And then he doesn't view your story or he doesn't answer your call at the end of the night when the club lights turn on and everyone's in this mosh pit of like the club life and you look around and you're inebriated and you're, you know, you're like feeling dizzy. And then you look at yourself in the mirror. Have you ever looked at yours? I remember in college, you look at yourself in the mirror after, you know, being out and kicking it. And you're like, oh, I do not look cute. Like when I started, like when I started out in the night, I do not look cute. I look awful. Makeup's run. You're probably crying. You're probably devastated because the guy you want to get your attention because you really need Christ to fill you up. I don't know where this is going because this was not on my agenda. Somebody needs to understand you are looking for a man to fill you up. You are looking for him to sustain you. And Christ is the only one who can fulfill you. And so you look at yourself and you continuously say, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. He didn't validate me. I'm not worthy. So then you continue on this. this, And then, and then it's like, why are you looking for a man who did nothing for you? to sustain you or fulfill you when Christ died for you and in you finding him and the wholeness that comes to you, you will be vibrant. You will be bold. You'll be like, I don't care who isn't checking for me. Jesus is checking for me. I almost don't even see you because I have joy. I have been healed. My trauma has been touched by the hand of God. So I'm no longer looking for people to validate me or to make me feel worthy. So when I say you've gone to sleep as women, depressed, sad, checking your phone every five seconds, he still didn't call and not loving yourself. Let Jesus love you. I challenge you, let him in your life. You will start having a posture about yourself and a mentality like Esther, where at first she was timid and she was scared. And then boldly she goes to the throne. Sabeske, if you're not coming to me correct, you don't even have any access to me. Stay over there because you can see the demons. You can see the demons. I don't even attract that anymore. And it's almost like an arrogance because we're not supposed to be prideful, but there is like almost an arrogance as women when you heal and Christ has touched your heart, when some man approaches you, you know the familiar spirit. Mm. You know the Jezebel spirit. You know Ahab. You know Leviathan. You know Python. So when they come and they could look so good on the outside, okay, and then you are able to discern those spirits, you're like, you don't understand what the Lord had to pull me out of. You don't understand the pit he had to drag me out of and heal me and deliver me. I will not let one of you demons in my area because I'm a daughter of the most high. You thought it's almost like you're just a bad. You get the ick, ladies, the ick for, for men who are not spirit filled anymore. No shade to the non-spirit filled men. But this is why I'm saying unchurched unbeliever. You watch what you start attracting. When you let the Lord in your life, he's going to start blocking every attack from the enemy because we do have an adversary. I don't care if you're a believer or not. The devil is real. God is real. The devil does not have power unless we give it to him, right? Because we know that we give ourselves and open ourselves to all this stuff. And we wonder why when he comes in and we give him access, our life is tormented. We have mental health issues, anxiety, depression, exhaustion. Close the door to Satan. Say no more and live righteously. That doesn't mean perfect. That means you were bought with the blood. And that when his blood becomes the atonement for your sin, 
you don't have shame. You don't have all the things that make you feel like you're unworthy. And you start walking with your head high. You adjust your crown and you're like, what I used to tolerate is not mm -hmm. permittable anymore. And I think that's what people need to do. Give Jesus a try because you should know by now that you're so tired and in your own flesh, you cannot do anything to get out of that pit. Who's not going to grab a hand that's pulling you out of the pit? You're going to stay in there and you can keep trying to figure out how to burrow out. Your fingers are going to get bloody. You're going to get so much dirt on your nails from trying to climb out and exhausted that it's going to, you're going to get dehydrated. You're going to be malnourished. You're going to die in the pit. If Jesus extends his hand to you, why wouldn't you take it just to see? You could even have the mind, all right, I'm, I'm going to see what, what this, what happens when I get out of here. And you could even have the intention. As soon as Jesus gets me out the pit, I really ain't going to be walking with him. I just need to get out the pit. Try it. Mm. try it you're gonna be so connected for the rest of your life you're gonna be like how did i get here jesus yokes you up like yeah come into these loving arms, come into these loving arms. i got you girl <laughs> Lord, there's just there's a verse that says, jesus. i'm okay. now a slave for christ period, <laughs> period. <laughs> so i guess you have to choose who you're gonna be a slave to you're gonna be slave to your depression you're gonna be slave to the lies you're gonna be slave to the enemy like be your master come on and that's how how we get in come our on. own ways we get in our own ways to, of abundance that the the type of abundance that god wants to give us come on so it, it is it all you said girl oh i was like oh it's so true all him not me because i didn't have i showed you guys what i felt like i was going to share and it was about vision and we might touch on it but that's the holy spirit when it's rhema and it's from the lord you can't premeditate it. Someone's going to listen to this. And this was, this is someone's going to be listening to this. And it was divinely purposed for you to hear it for your situation. And even though the pastor came with a word that I thought I was going to use, the Holy Spirit will say no, because I know so-and-so at this time is going to meet with this podcast that Priscilla and Libby are doing. And it's going to be deliverance for your soul, because sometimes you just need to be reminded. Jesus is not looking for you outside of the pit. He's coming to look for us in our broken. He's coming to look for us in our broke down he's coming to look for us in our raggedy the church has made a few mistakes along the way as a religious spirit has kind of overtaken and and prosperity that you got to look like something in, in order to be worthy for the lord and the lord's like yeah no nah, that's not do you remember what i looked like at the cross do you remember mm -hmm. how beaten and bloodied and unrecognizable i was so if that was my if that was my it is finished moment then why wouldn't I come to you and you're broke down and you're bloody and you're bruised and you're broken and have my personal meeting for you right there. So don't allow for church hurt or religious people to confuse Christ. Jesus is nothing like what religion is. He loves us so much that he loves us more than we're capable of loving ourselves. You won't look at your shame in the mirror. Christ is like, I see it. And guess what? I cancel it. All I see is you. All I see is who I created before you were in your mother's womb. It's just true. It's just true. It is. He loves us. Um, it's so crazy, like how you can get filled with with so many things other than the Holy Spirit. And um, I've been there, Priscilla. I don't know if you've ever been at a certain point point in your life where you're like, man, I'm trying to fill myself with this, and I tried it for this many months and it didn't work. Like mm -hmm. it anything like I know you're Priscilla Priscilla is very into nutrition um so right. and it could be different for everybody some people use food as a coping yes some I was 280 pounds at 5-1 post-divorce 280 pounds so yes believe me I was eating my feelings 
for short that weight hits different for short people. I'm in the short people committee, so I know. <laughs> for yes. real. So like, you know, filling each other up with things that really, and then the Lord is so good that he shows you. He told me at the checkout line, put that bottle of wine back. Mm. And I had to like pick it up. And, nah. pick, and then after that, he's been showing me discipline. He's been showing me how to, how to fight in the spirit. So, oh, he's so good. He's so good. But we do have to fight. We do have to fight. That's so true. Yeah, we gotta fight. Um, oh, I don't. I this is definitely a word for someone, and I don't even know where to go from here. I think that what Priscilla was saying when we got started, and I wanted to look it up really quick. Um, Priscilla, do you yeah. when you were talking about the site? Can you do you remember exactly how you worded that, or how, what you were saying about the 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 new site? We were talking about lashes. Oh, that it's chemically toxic for your eyes and you could go blind? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let me see. If no I shade to those that wear fake eyelashes. If you do, that's that's oh your God. prerogative. <laughs> that's your I'm prerogative. But, but yeah, for me, I need natural because I like my vision. I want to see. I don't need no toxic, toxic stuff on my eyes. Sorry. Yes. Oh. And well, we were talking about lashes because Libby has the best lashes. I always love her lashes. Since we became friends a long time ago, I always thought she had these most the most beautiful lashes. And we we're talking about, um, you know, the girl who does them. And I wear strips because I'm old school millennial. And I'm like, I don't know about individuals. And then Priscilla came on and was like, said what she said about chemicals on the eyes. And what I felt like the Holy Spirit was bringing to my, to me before we started was in Acts chapter 26. And it's, um, it's interesting because I had pulled it up and I told her, oh, my God, this is what I feel like the Lord wanted me to share a little bit of. But what I'm going to read is Acts chapter um, 26, verse uh, starting at verse six, uh, 15. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. This is Paul. This is when he's like, you know, on the rampage for killing the movement of Christ. And he says, um, who you're persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up, stand to your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And there's so much to unpack, probably too much to unpack for this one segment, but I thought it was so cool how Priscilla led with that and us just being women and talking about lashes and pro lashes or no. And, and the thing that we, we introduce into our life when I was talking about giving way to the enemy or giving him a door or an opportunity, I'm willingly putting this, this adhesive on a strip of lash and then I'm putting it on my eye. So I have a hand in it, right? I'm a participant in it. And he says here, he says, get up and stand to your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant, as a witness of what you have seen. But he takes his vision. People don't talk about that. I ask myself this honestly. Lord, you took his vision. You took his sight. Because he has to have the scales fall from his eyes, remember? Eventually, when he gets to wherever, you know, God takes him. But he says here, get up and stand your feet. I have appeared to you 
to appoint you a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. So he's telling him already, you have sight. It's in the spirit, though. He took his carnal vision. But how if he took his carnal vision, could Paul testify to what he's seen if he took his sight? So we have to see in the spirit beyond whatever we're doing, whatever it is that we think we are in the carnal meaning everyday life. You may see somebody who's shooting up heroin and you think, oh, they're a drug addict. The Lord doesn't see them like we see them, just like the Lord doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. And so he's saying, get up, stand to your feet. I have appeared to you. You are a witness of me. He says, I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you from your own people. Sometimes it be your family. Sometimes it be your inner circle. You don't see who you are because you're in the wrong circle. You're with the wrong people. You don't see who you are. You don't see how worthy you are. You don't see how dope you are. I'm getting you removed from this and I'm delivering you. It says, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes. So you didn't have no sight. You were out here acting crazy. You can only see with your worldly vision, killing folks, persecuting me. I took your, I took your, I took your carnal vision, but I gave you my supernatural sight. And so I'm going to send you so that you can help open other people's eyes. So have you ever heard the term, the blind leading the blind? Mm -hmm. How cool is it if it was the spirit leading the spirit? Because I don't see with my carnal eyes. So I'm going to help deliver someone because I'm not seeing you for your flesh. I'm going to help rescue this person in need or this woman that I see struggling because I don't see her as a stripper trying to make money on the weekend and, and judging her. I see with my spiritual eyes and I, I know that the Lord is going to rescue her. He says, you're going to, I'm going to, you're going to deliver them from darkness, from the power of Satan to God so that people can receive forgiveness of sins and know that they have a place and they've been sanctified in faith by me. That doesn't mean that they've done all the things. It doesn't mean that they've attended all the meetings. It doesn't mean that they've dotted their I's and teased as a Christian and volunteered and go to synergy groups and show up every Sunday so the pastor knows you have great church attendance as a member. It says, by faith, you are sanctified, you are chosen, you are forgiven, you are redeemed because of faith, because you believed. And that is where we as believers have got to get the message out to other people, unchurched, unbelievers, you do not have to do a thing. He already did it at the cross. Just believe. That's it. And so I have a question and me, I know that we're on, I, I do want, I don't want to take up all your time, Sasha. So when you were talking about sight and seeing other people, like taking the scales off, I thought about someone I know and I see this girl, she's a woman, she's a mom and she is in a bad relationship mm -hmm. to the point where I wonder about her safety. Mm -hmm. So I see her struggle and I see more for her. And sometimes we see that in others. How can we as Christians, as people of faith, help somebody that can't see it for themselves? They have to meet the Lord. You can pray for them. I was in a marriage for eight years trying to get my ex-husband to stand up when he was drowning in two feet of water. He's six foot four. Mm -hmm. So I mean that metaphorically. Mm -hmm. You can pray for people. I, I'm not Holy Ghost Junior. You're not Holy Ghost Junior. For a long time, I try to help fix people, fix their lives. If someone is not ready for deliverance and they're not ready to meet the Lord, all we can do is pray for them. Mm -hmm. Because I spent eight years exhausted and just like, you know, trying to help. And in the 
the in the beginning part of my ministry also as a young person i was like started like 20 i was like 25 years old and you want to help fix people and you see the demons and you see the bondage this is very important to understand there is power and authority in christ jesus he's above all but when somebody does not want deliverance when somebody does not want better when somebody does not want that for themselves the lord is a gentleman the holy spirit is like a dove he's not going to force himself on anyone in fact, if people don't make it to heaven, it's not because the Lord put them in hell. It's because people did not want Jesus. That's all you have to do is want him, to believe he is who he is, that he is Lord. And you will be in paradise this day. He told the thief on the cross, you'll be in paradise with me this day. He didn't have time to clean himself up and go to church meetings and have fake self-righteousness. This day, you're a thief, you're a murderer, you're on the cross. Like, I don't think people understand when we give way to the power of our prayer for a person, that's when strongholds shift. So doing physically, like, let's say this woman is struggling with um, being evicted instantly. You like, you want to get her into a new house. You want to get her and her kids into a safe place and all these things. But if those demons are not delivered and she doesn't want Christ, you get her a new house, you get her a new place, you get the kids set up, and what happens? She gives way for those demons to have entry away again. So it's the hardest thing when you love people and you want them to be successful when you want them to be healed. But we can't be enabling as Christians either because the same way that the Lord found me on the bathroom floor, there was no one else helping me when I was suicidal and I was like wanting to take my life. There was no one else who knew I was suffering the way I was but Jesus. And so I truly believe in the latter part of my ministry with a little bit more seasoning, you know, I started off salt and pepper. Now I'm Lowry's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to believe in the power of fasting and praying for people to help break strongholds in another's life and watch God, watch the power of him descend into their life like a dove and just clean up shop. He's the only one who can do it. You can send them encouraging texts. You can send them scripture. You can invite them to dinner and minister to them. But I really want to encourage you, once you've done that, know that you've done it. You've done what God's asked you to do and make sure it's your assignment. He's asked you to do that and be the hands and feet. And then you leave and you, you, you put it to rest. You don't stress. You don't worry. You believe God's reach and God's hand in their life is way more than I can do. And that's what we really have to do as believers is really believe in the power that our prayers hold because that's the only thing that's going to shift a thing. Mm -hmm. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Love true, sister. It's heartbreaking. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's heartbreaking. But mm -hmm. I believe that's is necessary for the walk, for us to empower other people, yeah. right? That's truly what discipling people is. It's not babying them. It's walking with them. That's what discipleship is, is walking with them. Keep walking with her. doesn't matter how long it takes. Those seeds are being planted. Keep walking with them. But Jesus is the only one who can offer when they say, okay, I'm tired. Like you said earlier, okay, I'm tired. Some people may have the, the idea like Priscilla, I'm not putting no chemicals close to my eyes. I want my vision. And somebody else might be like, I got the third eye infection this week, but I just love how I look. And then it's like, okay, well, girl, you about to lose your eye. And you're like, okay, fine, Lord, heal me. I won't do the lashes no more. Obviously, that's an extreme. But you have two type of people. People who are like, okay, I want, I, I don't want this no more. I want deliverance. And then you have people who are like, eh, maybe another month. Let's see how long this can go. People got to get tired. People got to get tired. And they got to lean on Christ. Very, 
All right. <laughs> Isn't that cool how God can allow women in ministry to talk about something like lashes and it can relate to the gospel? <laughs> Before that, and there's no individual lashes mentioned in the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> As a disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know. Rahab might have had her a little cute set. I don't know. Listen, Rahab might have been the one that started the thing. Oh my God. I just I just start. I just uh was going over Rahab. I thought this was so dope. And I literally wanted to study Rahab because the, uh, there's a bunch of different, you know, types of women, right? But Rahab lived in that red light district. Come on, talk which about was, it. Which was the type of woman that she hustled. She had to do what she had to do yeah. to maintain food for her kids. You know, yeah. we've all been there where it's like sometimes you you don't know how you go make it. It could be emotionally, but it could also be financially, right? So Rahab was doing her thing, you know, and people were talking, gossiping, saying, mm -hmm. Get her look, look what she's doing look and, and sometimes people talk because they want to talk you could be trying to do the right thing for your life but people going to talk so i like you know they were talking about rahab and uh she had a chance she had that one chance that she could use her faith to get her out of that situation and she sure did she took a chance with god before god gave her the the um, promotion right yeah so she took a chance on God and then come to find out she ended up moving from where she's at, going and getting married to, a, what was it, a Boaz's father. Lineage of Christ. You went from being a working girl to in the lineage of Christ. Like, come on, somebody. That's a shift. That's a whole shift. The Lord can shift it. <laughs> she could have never won the favor or the opinion of her character and integrity. She was always going to be a hoe. We're going to keep it a buck. That's what the world was going to think of her. You're a hoe. You over here tricking. You're, you're sleeping around with people for money. You're a prostitute. You're a working girl. Insert every derogatory term that women since the beginning of time have had to go, th go through because we're marginalized and we're exploited and we're, we're overly sexualized. <laughs> and, and, and in her, like you said, just trying to figure, because that was all she knew. That's all she could do. The world would never think differently of her. Right. But right. Jesus came in the scene and he touches us and it don't matter where you've been ladies it don't matter where you've been her she believed in the god of abraham and and it wasn't even calculated it wasn't like oh if i do this i get this she just was being matter of factly and that's one thing that you can do she might have knew that she was a working girl but she knew her identity was i believe in the god of abraham isaac and jacob like i know who i am i know what i do for a living but that's my faith yeah you gotta know that you gotta know no matter what you've been through and faith no matter is how much you've been through, you know who you are as a daughter of the Most High. Yeah. And faith was a gift. He still gifted her while she was still in yeah. her. Come on. Come on. Teach about it, please. Like, I, and I love her story for even though it's a, like, I, she's not really amplified like that in the Bible, except no. one prostitute verse. Yeah. Like, um, even today, people beautiful. reference her Rahab the prostitute instead of just Rahab. Mm -hmm. Even. Yeah. How many years later, it's still that little title still follows her. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's up in heaven celebrating. Like, y'all keep coming right here, cost you all you want to. I'm up here hanging out with the angels. We chilling. Hey, <laughs> that's great, great grandma right there. <laughs> no, this is refreshing. This is needed. I'm so blessed to be a part of this. I think this commentary today and the 
the laughter and going back and forth, I think young people are going to get this a lot. I think there's a lot of people being raised up. I keep talking about the remnant generation rising up. You know, there are some generals, there are prophets, there's teachers, there's pastors, there's evangelists, there's all these people who are not aware, like God is about to blow people away with who is closing out this thing. Cause we are living in the last hours. It's not even the last days. It's the last hours. If you look around us with everything that's going on in the world, biblically prophecy is unfolding. And I think what's most important and what I would like to leave you guys with today and whoever is listening to this, don't think that tomorrow is promised hmm. when that sky cracks open and Jesus comes back for his bride. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. And God has given me prophetic visions and dreams a lot lately of people who are going to be running because when we see this, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, atheists, people who are like, no, God is not real. I mean, it's going to, people are going to run because when we are raptured up when the Lord gets his bride and the helper, right? The restrainer, it says, will be removed. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be hell on earth. And people are not going to understand wickedness is not going to be dressed up looking cute no more. Wickedness is going to be persecution and tribulation, and it's going to be awful. Why even chance it? Mm -hmm. Jesus loves you today. Even if we didn't have to talk about him coming to return, why settle for the world? when you could have so much more abundance in the Lord and, and know that we are in a season where God is like desperate to love you. He doesn't want any of us to perish. And so please stay encouraged. Keep listening to this podcast. Keep coming back to, to channels and segments like this because you are truly going to be blessed in your faith and Jesus will remember you. He will remember you. And the Bible says those who deny him here, they will be denied by the father when they when everybody will have to meet their maker we're all going to have to take an accountability for what we've done here do you want the lord to recognize all that you have done but said but i'm their lawyer god's going to say everything that that took place the judgment and then jesus is going to be like but i'm their lawyer you have this one mm. and god's going to be like permite like go ahead pasale. you can go Wow. Or do you want to get up there and then God reads your your laundry list, but you didn't believe? See, because the guy in front of you, he didn't get omitted from what he did. It's still there. But Jesus says, but even though all that happened in sin, I'm his lawyer. He's going to go. So you get next in line and they read all your stuff. And you're like, wait a minute, my list sounds just like his, but he got to go in there. And the Lord's like looking, looking, looking. He's like, then they look at the angel and the angel like, you, you never, I never knew you. Turn from me, I never knew you. And for the unchurched and unbeliever, this says that the Lord will say this for those who prophesied and cast out devils in his name. So don't get it twisted. It's a lot of people who are doing Christian by label, but the power thereof, they don't believe. Mm -hmm. So this is not God paying, playing favoritism for the church. You can be in church all day long and not have a spirit of Christ in you. Wow, so true. So get your advocate, 
Get Jesus on the main line today. Lord, I heard this podcast. I want everything they said, and I don't know nothing about coming to you, but I heard I could come to you broken. I can come to you with all my problems, and I just have to believe. I believe. And truly, let him come into your life and watch how things shift. That's all I'm going to say today. Have me on the show if you ever want, but that's all I'm going to say today. I love it. I feel like everybody went to church today. <laughs> you might have got baptized during this. Hey. You certainly learned about Rahab and lashes. You probably won't forget that. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Abundant Living Latina podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.